It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Haima Black, recording live Dynasty podcast. We are at the Moxie Hotel, the new Moxie Hotel in River North in Chicago. It's a new property. If you haven't been here, uh, swing by. If it sounds like I'm working with them, it's because I'm working with them. But I, I, I love this opportunity because I... And they have a podcast booth, and they're letting me book podcasts here. So I'm recording my podcast tonight, but we have an open call for Chicago podcasters who want to do this. And, man, Slime, if you want to do this here, Holy you can do this shit, here. I could do this. So let's introduce. We have in the booth with me, closing out my yeah. night of interviews here, <laughs> uh, the week of Lollapalooza. I'm sitting here with Slime, a.k.a. Green Slime. How are you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. I'm feeling great. I just came back from L.A., you know, smoking the good smoke. Yeah, I'm moving these headphones so I couldn't see oh, your face. Yeah. I probably should put these headphones on. You can on put them on if ears. you want. It's up to you. I like to hear things. Yeah. So, um, they said they can. I know. We had to turn off the uh, we had to turn off the speakers. Hold on a second. I'll, oh, okay. I'll go let them know. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm alone recorded. I'm going to tell you to do some things that aren't good for your personal health. Number one, drop out of school. I was just telling people to do stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> you just came back from L.A., you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. came back from L.A. Uh, I was out there with Mick Jenkins shooting a video yeah. for his new album, uh, which I got a couple beats on, you know what I'm saying? A couple songs. So making my little... Uh, producer debut i guess in the official world of spotify and itunes and shit that's legitimate and you know what i want to talk all about the mcjenkins work and everything you're doing with the show but we always the first time we have somebody on we start at kind of the beginning like how did creative work and your creative identity start for you when did that happen well it's always it's a long story but pretty much my mother is a painter uh, and my father is he's like a business guy he's from Jamaica, Jamaican immigrant, and he, they were both just really into music, so I always was hearing music around the house, just art in general, so it wasn't even ever like a thing, like I, like art has always been like normal to me, like a right. normal thing, like it's never been like, you know what I'm saying, like being an artist has never been like some far away, distant. Alternative options. Yeah, it's, it's always, always just been norm. like everyone's an artist, like everyone has a creative thing they do, like that's kind of how my mom raised me, so... I've been writing a long time. I can't even remember. Just like poetry and little stuff and performing, doing covers of other songs, you know, Prince and shit when I was in kindergarten and first grade and stuff. And then when I was 12, my cousin, he had an MPC 2000 XL, great piece of production equipment. Right. And uh, I kind of like would mess around with it all the time and get in trouble. He finally went to college, left it at home. I got to play (laughs) with it. So that's when I really started, like, producing a lot. And then it's just been, like, an ongoing, like, cycle of producing, DJing, and MCing for, you know, 15, some 16 years or something like that. And then just recently I came into the idea of, oh, let me do a, a talk show, you know? Yeah. So. And we're gonna, I want to chop all that up. So when you were growing up, was this all in Chicago? Yeah, it was all in Chicago. I was born... Uh, in Chicago, raised in Chicago, Morgan Park, 115th and Vincennes. Yeah. You know, look so, me up. Sorry. Um, 
So you start producing, you know, you know, messing around with equipment that your cousin left yeah. behind. When he was like beating my ass at first, like I was erasing his shit. Because if you know about the MPC, it's all the memory is held on a floppy disk, so oh it doesn't God. take a lot of stuff. So he would make a beat. And just storing the sounds he made the beat with and his beat would make it full. Right. So if I want to do anything, I have to erase his shit. So he would be pissed, like super pissed. I used oh to get beat up. Like I used to steal his tapes, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Michael Jackson, Crucial Conflict, all that shit. So wow. So like late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Late, late. This was like mid '90s. Oh that, my god. That's like mid. It, he had mid '90s music, but it was yeah early 2000s. That okay. I was, doing this. I was gonna say like it's the Crucial Conflict kind of threw me yeah. there. But yeah. Bone Thugs, I mean, that stuff was huge. Yeah. But he Crucial was, Conflict he, was something you had to be in the know yeah. to know about in Chicago. I think that's just because he, he was from Chicago. So yeah. Was like, he was like a big Wu-Tang and um, Bone Thugs. Well, who head. wasn't at that time? Man. Yeah, you like, right. that was that was the... That was the... So I probably, always looked up to... to Wu-Tang for me is like... It, I can't even... There's no word to describe. They're like the Beatles. They're like yeah, the... Right, 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 right. Even... Like more than music is like life. Like they've guided me through life. <laughs> they're 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 definitely one of those musical acts, like a Beatles, like a Zeppelin, like that. It kind of represents more than just like yeah. oh they make songs. Yeah, like it's, it's like way, it's an entire it's, like music entity. is like an is like the after effect of you know what I'm saying. Like the music is the smallest part of it to me, really. Like I think they provided a, an identity yeah, to a lot of people. I mean, I exactly. Think that's what the best music does. Like you see that right now with Chance the Rapper and a lot of the younger generation. But it's like. You look at the acts that have mattered to so many people, and it has provided yeah. a template. It's provided, especially it's like a when whole you're lifestyle, young, a whole world to come into, and just yeah. an understanding of how to look at the world around you. So when you're in sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth grade, you're like, I don't know what the fuck anything yeah. means, but like Nirvana does or Wu Tang does yeah, or whoever. That, especially feeling like you, you're alone or like you're the only oh sure motherfucker on this. shit. It's amazing. Every teenager thinks they're yeah c- completely alone. It's like that's why music literally every one of you feels like this exactly. You know? <laughs> That's why music and everyone connects through the music too. It's like it's true. Know, that's why it's so important to us all. So I'm blessed to be able to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? So from when you start messing around with producing, you know, using mm-hmm. equipment left behind, like when does that make the jump to being an actual? Okay. Um, so you know. actually, I'll tell you the story. So my fir- first like. Okay, there used to be a, a label called Molman Records in Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Right, and G- by the Molman. Yeah, and G Four Records, and they was mm-hmm. putting out typical cats and all that shit. Dude, it's it's wild. Like not to interrupt, but it's like it's wild to think that at a time in Chicago, and not even like in our lifetime, there was a time where like if you knew about Chicago hip hop, it was because you did digging, and that was exactly. underground. It's insane to think exactly. now when Chicago hip hop's the biggest thing we're known for. But it's like crazy, two thousand one or two, if you but knew who Crucial why, Conflict or Mole Men were, you must have been like going to some shit for real. And I always try to tell people like, we've always had an independent scene, and we've always had great music and great right. artists. Now we're getting the spotlight, and now other people are seeing. But if you're from here, then you know. You knew. And so my cousin, you know, once again, I was hearing him play typical cats and mole men. And I love, I was already, hip-hop already had me. Like, I was right. already, it was no question, that's me. But I had no, like, I had nobody from my city that really represented that, that I could look at, you know what I'm saying, and, like, hold close. So mole men and typical cats was like that for me. And then so I used to be on their message boards and... 
one day they were having a battle in Wicker Park, like in the basketball. Oh my God. In the basketball joint. And I was 14 years old at the time. Just the message boards part alone. Right. And, like, and Wicker the, Park back before then. Before Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Before all that shit. It Wicker was just, Park back then was on a Walmart. For real. Yeah. And it, it was like the actual park, like, you know, where everybody plays with basketball, basketball uh, court and shit. So I went out there to battle. I was 14 years old. My mom, like, drove me there. It was, like, waiting in the crowd. Like, 14 years old. My name was Infrared at the time. Oh, my God. You might God. be able to find a video on YouTube. I, it was, like, 64 or something guys that day. I ended up placing, like, top eight. Wow. So I got to, like, battle in a club for the first time. Like, all this crazy shit. And I was 14 years old. So that's, like, how a lot of people met me. But then I kind of went silent for a few years. Because <laughs> I was so hurt from losing the battle. <laughs> and I, like, you know, just... Worked on my shit. I started DJing for people. I always did. I always MC, DJ, and made beats. So it right. was like, it was at some at times they would like hurt each other, kind of like my development or whatever. Everything just took more time. But like times when I wasn't doing one thing, I could do the other. So I was DJing for a long time. I opened up a studio. I had legal troubles, you know, going in and out of jail and this, this, and that. And I was still, you know. Uh, selling weed and shit And that's how I met My homie with Mick Jenkins He was looking for some weed one day And that's just how the shit happened So it's like What an amazing origin yeah, story Yeah, it's to like that. super organic Like, And so We just started kicking it And What year was this? This when was you maybe met him? 2014 I wanna say No yeah, 2014, 2013, whenever uh, Trees and Truths was coming out when he so was it's recording like, that. He, Mick Jenkins wasn't really a known name nah, not just at all. yet. Definitely it, not. It wasn't far off. Because I feel like it people started to find like out this, about him a couple years up, later. We like at the right time and where it was like, he was recording his album and needed somewhere to record. Right. I had a studio. And the weed. He, and the weed. He needed beats. Me and all my friends had beats. So everything just worked out. And... After that, he blew up, and we just... I told him he was finna blow up when I seen the video, the Martyrs video. And then right. he just blew up, and boom, we started traveling, going everywhere, and it's just been a blur since Well, and then. you know, Mick Jenkins is someone who, not only does he have the talent, and he has the skill and the chops to back everything up, but it's like, he also was at the right place, right time. And I want to yeah. be very clear, I'm not saying right place, right time, like, oh, he lucked out. No, he, he did, has... Though. He has what it takes. He has the talent, but also he was one of the artists who was there at that moment when, like, Save Money and so many other things were coming up. So it's like that was a time where people were looking for more Chicago hip-hop And they were looking for an alternative to Chief Keef, really. Like, people were hating on Chief Keef so hard, and they were really looking for an alternative. And so when he did that Martyrs video and it was kind of like the alternative, you know what I'm saying? People really ran with it and took it. They, You know, they took it in weird ways to be like he's like, the enemy of that kind of shit or like he don't listen to Chief Keef and shit like we listen to all that shit you know what I'm saying <laughs> no like, but people want to have that lazy narrative yeah like, they want to have it's either it, Chance so it's or Keef like, it's eh, like we let no. y'all run with it but like at the it's end lazy. of the day we listen to G Herbo we listen to Keef we listen to all that shit sure. you know what I'm saying so I don't yeah. know but it's so, funny how it works you know <laughs> so you you link up with Mick Jenkins you start doing some production you start doing DJing with him and right. when did the two of you know that it wasn't just kind of like fucking around in the studio when did you know like oh man this is like a real partnership like this is something uh, where like we have real value to add to each other I think it 
I don't even think we ever, well, I don't know about his end, but on my end, I never really realized. I knew he was so talented, and I knew that, like, I could help him do what he wanted to do. And I kind of just focused on that more so than, like, my own rhyming and shit for a while until the point that he came back and he's like, yo, like, you need to rhyme. Like, you're one of the best rappers that I know. Like, you got to do it. So I'm like, shit, if he's saying that shit, you know what I'm saying, it must be true. So... He got me, like, you know, back in the booth and paying more attention to rhyming and shit. Because, you know, I'll just always do it for fun. But he's like, nah, you could make some money. Like, woo-woo-woo. So, but I don't know. It kind of just happened, like, naturally. Just right, because the two of you were already close. Right. Yeah, but absolutely. when we started going on tour and shit and doing all these things, we became closer. Because it's like, we the only people that have these experiences together. Like, I can't go. I got all kind of homies and we all very close like brothers but we don't have all these ex- lists of experiences that only me and him have you know what i'm saying so it's like that brought us closer like well yeah that's that bond yeah that's that like yeah you can't replicate that you can't purchase really that can't. with somebody it's like you can only earn that through and life experiences with time, you know what yeah. i'm saying like i don't know about him at first he didn't know about me at first you know what i'm saying we just had to sit with each other over time and like boom 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 Man, that's a that's a real sweet, inspiring story. Honestly, like, for I, real. I don't hey, mean that to sound dismissive. That's right, I mean, kids, like, stay around weed. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? That's all you weed need. will change your life. It'll introduce. <laughs> you. But it, it, but it is a real like. It's almost this kind of like Rogan Franco bromance type story. You know what I mean? Like, there's something really sweet about that. Hey, if you say so. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> they go here and be mad at me. <laughs> They're talking about romance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean rum, but, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah, like, yeah, I, I think it's a very inspiring no, kind of partnership. Good, it's a good friendship. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Like, and it's authentic, and I think we both know that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I ain't got to question his shit. He don't need shit from me. You know what I'm saying? There's he something to be said. You know what? So I was listening to a podcast about Penn and Teller. Oh, And Penn word. and Teller, you know, yo, they were funny as fuck. Yo, for real. And so it was Penn Gillette being interviewed by Kevin Smith, the filmmaker. And and Kevin Smith's asking about their you know relationship, their working relationship, and he's like, yeah, you know, we've been working together every day for X amount of years, and he's like, when we're done with the show, we don't fucking talk to each other, you know, like <laughs> because like they they know everything they have yeah. to say to each other. There's like no reason to talk. So there's just like they already have that. It, everything is unsaid at that yeah. point, and there's something to be said for that level of like, yeah. Nah, we it's that de- that definitely is a thing. Like that's definitely a thing, and it's more apparent when like other people come around. And you're like, why is this dude talking? Like, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, man, we just did a show. We trying to go kick it. Like, right. Everybody knows what the plan is. You know what I'm saying? We're going to finna go smoke. That's the type. We both love weed. Yeah. And we love music. So that type of shit, like. It's easy. It just. He know. We travel together. We smoke together. All over the world. You know what I'm saying? So. That's definitely part of it. Like, so how many times have you gone on tour, either with Mick oh, or I in can't general? Count. I can, uh, a number though. I lost count, but yeah. it's been a lot. All right, <laughs> that's amazing. It's been constant for like the last four years. I want to say four or five years. It's been constant. So our first tour was with Redman and Method Man. Holy shit! And so that had to feel full circle, right? Because I was literally I was sitting in jail first time I got locked up. I was sitting in jail. And, you know, hey, first time we get locked up, it's a big, you know, I can't experience. even imagine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You think real hard. Yeah. And all I could think was, when I get out this motherfucker, I'm going to go on tour. 
I, and I want to go on tour with Red Man and Method Man. My life's going to be like, how high? I, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it. Like, this is what I want in my whole life. Fuck it. About I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And all my friends thought it was hilarious. Like, they thought it was great that I had that drive, but they thought it was hilarious at the same time because it was impossible. It was sure. literally impossible. Red Man and Method Man had, were not on tour. They hadn't gone on tour in 10 years. They, you know what I'm saying? Fucking... None of my homies are on tour, so it's like double impossible. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 we're going on tour. Oh, shit. We're opening up for Red Man and Method Man and Be Real. So, like, literally. Oh, my God. So, you got Cypress Snoop, Hill in there? Yeah, right. yeah. Minus Snoop, the top smokers. Right. Smoker I was just going to say, like, that must have been the fucking highest tour ever. Exactly. <laughs> right. And they showing me love when we smoking it. I felt like, man, it was Did you crazy. have a moment where you're like, did I die at some point? Like, is this... I had to pinch myself a couple times. Like, is this real? Right. Like, I was in San Francisco spinning some shit. Uh, People Under the Stairs, San Francisco sure. Nights. It's mm-hmm. a dope-ass song. Chill as fuck. And Red Man comes running out the fucking green room. And he's one of my favorite rappers. And he was like, yo, yo, what is this? He had a video camera and everything. He's like, what the fuck is before this? Before Pandora. What is this? And I was like, yo, yeah, right before Shazam and shit. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I meant, Shazam, this is yeah. people under the stairs, man. He was like, yo, this shit is dope. And I'm like, yo, Red Man said my shit is dope. Like, you like, turned oh, Red Man on to something. That's amazing. For real. And so we just, you know, we smoking all that shit. It was great, man. It was, it was like a dream. And yeah. then after that, you know, then I felt like the torch was passed. Right. After that, Mick got booked to speak at Harvard twice that's amazing so we've been to harvard twice smoking hella blunts you know what i'm saying like crazy and it literally my life was how high at that moment like that's that's incredible and you i mean (laughs) there had to be something so incredibly rewarding about like going from from having the experience of like being in jail right to getting invited to harvard right was there just a sense of like Fuck everyone. I yeah, did this. like fuck yo, and and especially because all, the whole time is for something that I was like getting punished for my whole life. You know, what I'm right. saying? my whole life like weed is never weed's cool like now publicly, but like yeah, all of a sudden up, everybody's fine with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was not cool. Like my whole life has not been cool. My whole life is I've been demonized for the shit. Like not just jail, but you know, school, your family, your friends. That is when you're young. You know what I mean? Like. Now it's this thing like white women do with yoga. For, I went through hella bullshit for weed. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it came and paid me back, tapped me on the shoulder. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I love you too. Boom. Take this. And I'm like, damn. Like, it just showed me don't give up on what you fucking believe in. You know what I'm saying? No matter what the fuck you got to go through. If you got to go to jail a couple times, you know what I'm saying? Fuck it. <laughs> you got to go to jail a couple times to get to Harvard. That is, you know I don't saying? know if there's a more Harvard. inspirational fucking me? story. You feel me? That's I'm, amazing. That's how I feel walking around Harvard. I'm interrupting classes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They talking about crazy shit. I'm walking in there loud as fuck. Ooh, you know. And I they got still show us respect. So it's like, it that's just amazing. feels good. You know what I'm saying? I got to do, um, you know, with this podcast, I got invited to a podcasting workshop that was happening at Harvard uh, a year ago or so. And I'm somebody you see who... see the hip-hop library? No, I only, like, got to spend time in one building, but it's, Word. like, I'm someone who has not finished my bachelor's degree. Right. Same. It's not a secret. Like, I don't have a Same. bachelor's degree, and I'm teaching right now at Columbia College, but I don't have a bachelor's degree. And to get invited to do anything at Harvard Business School, I was just like, how the fuck? Like, I you know, you. I it was to, a wild feeling. I kind of, like, got kicked out. I had to leave school because I right. got caught allegedly with, like, seven pounds of weed. But, you right. know what I'm saying? That's just legit. 
I dropped out of two film schools. You know what I'm saying? I went back to school after that. Dropped out again. Like shit just wasn't working. Like everyone has their path, though. You yeah. know, and you found yours, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen in a classroom. Exactly. And it definitely. And I've always felt like that my whole life, but it just, you know, my family and it just wasn't happening. It was no fucking way out they were gonna let me quit school. You know what I'm saying? I leave. So. Like, getting arrested and having to leave was, like, the perfect thing to happen to me. Like, it couldn't happen any other way. That's, I mean, for real, that is genuinely inspiring. Yeah, and it's fucking nuts. And I try to tell people all the time. Because, like, in those times, it was so hectic, bro. Like, they was telling me I was going to jail for five years. Oh, minimum, my God. I can't like even imagine. Like, a minimum of five years. You feel me? Like, after you do five years, we'll talk about it. That had to feel so hopeless. Yeah, and all my homies was making songs like Free Slime. Everybody thought I was going to jail. We, I was making all the preparations. Everybody thought I was going to jail. And I ended up getting uh, three years probation. Wow. Came back home. I worked in a warehouse like fucking eight mile for like two, three That's years. That's what I was going to say. This is literally fucking eight mile, I worked man. In, I worked in a warehouse. I saved up my money and I got a studio. And I just started having a hell of people come through the studio. Started recording hella shit. That's where we recorded all mixed shit. Recorded a bunch of stuff. All your favorite Chicago artists come through there. Recorded in there, you know, from the everybody. You know what I'm saying? This is honestly one of the most. I have done about 900 episodes of this. I'm not <laughs> kidding. And this is probably one of the most inspiring chats we have man, ever had thank on this podcast. You, man. Man. I want. I want people to know. That's why, like, whenever I get on. You know, the mic, I don't always want to say my past, you know, where I came from and shit, but it's like, it's so necessary. Like, you know, a lot of people in my, that come from that, they would think it's corny to like be talking about it and shit, but it's like, I have to talk about it because it's so fucking crazy. Like to literally be sitting in the cell, like I'm going to go on tour with Redman and Method Man and it'd be impossible and do that shit. And then to get to Harvard. Yeah. Like that's just like all this shit has been crazy. And that's just like one thing, like. It's so much more. Like, I just did a show for Ghostface. I just opened up for Ghostface. Wow. We had another show with Ghostface in Montreal at a jazz festival. We the only rappers there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's shit like that all over the world. South Africa, only other rapper was most deaf. You know what I'm saying? He, he inviting us to his crib and shit after the show. Like, all kind of crazy shit. Like, every, everywhere we go, man, like, some crazy shit happens. I'm just like, damn, I can't believe this shit. Do you wish you could go back and tell your younger self stealing Wu-Tang tapes from your cousin <laughs> what the future was going to look like and be like, nah, guess what, you man, know who you're hearing on this? I wouldn't even tell him because <laughs> really, like, my younger self was, there was no doubt really with him. Like, it was just like, I don't know how to explain it. I was so pure. You feel right, me? Like, right, right, right. That he didn't question whether this shit was going to happen. It wasn't until later in life when, like, you start getting older and shit's not happening and you're sitting so in when jail the doubt comes and in. like, oh shit, maybe I was wrong. You feel me? But like younger me always knew. Younger me was like super dedicated, super. He said, fuck everything else. He said, fuck school. He said, fuck college. He said, fuck. He was always on music. So it paid off for him. You know what I'm saying? Like I really just be living my dreams, my younger self's dreams. You, you feel me? Like there's, there's something really like just, again, inspiring about that. And, you know, and it's interesting. You brought up and 8 now Mile. And I'm new ones. Yeah. <laughs> I watched 8 Mile the other day. I haven't seen it in probably a decade, a decade and a half. It's a good move. And I was like, hey, this holds up. It yeah, doesn't feel dated because there's no cell phones in it. So, like, it's not like, oh, they're using old phones. But it right. holds up and it's actually still legitimately and it's inspiring. inspiring. And it's Eminem inspiring. was big then but he was also still kind of an underdog because he had like the reputation in America Eminem was always big for me too as yeah. an MC he was always one of my 
a strong influence. Well, I mean, Eminem's wordplay in his prime yeah. was just untouchable. Ridiculous. Now, you don't have to agree with everything he was rhyming about because right. some of that could be called into question. But like, but it's just his actual flow was just like yeah. unreal. Like his, his viewpoint of the game, like I'm coming in and I'm fucking this shit up. I don't give a fuck. Well, he had the anger of like a Nine Inch Nails or a Marilyn Manson, right. but he wasn't packaging it that way. Right. <laughs> you know, it didn't sound like Nine Inch Nails, even though he had the same worldview as like, yeah. you know, a Marilyn Manson. But it's yeah. like, it was a totally different flavor. I used to love Slim Shady, man. Slime Shady, that's what they call it. I actually Shady. wrote an Eminem disc like a few months ago. Oh my God. Because I don't like his new music. But Oh man, it bums me out. If you were if you were there in his prime and then you listen to the new stuff, like he like, did a song with like Ed Sheeran and I'm like, yeah. Man, fuck, man, I'm like, if there's somebody old Eminem would have hated, it's right. Ed Sheeran. Like, let can I see old Eminem battle the new Eminem? Can well, I see? Oh that? my god, that'd be a, be a what massacre. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, he's um, you know, popped out. Yeah, he's all popped now. I don't get it. Well, okay, so something totally different, but something we haven't even touched on is the show. Oh yeah, green Forgot slime broke ass like low budget show. All right, so bring us into the show because this is something that's really cool. Right. It is... Well, I'm going to let you explain it because right. I think it's fucking awesome. Okay, so, you know, I MC, DJ, make beats. I do a lot of things. And people say you can't always do all these things. You need to focus on one. I always felt like, fuck that. I'm going to do what I want to do. One night I was asleep and I just had this vision of the fucking show. I had a, I had a dream, I guess is what they call it, of... Me hosting this show. And I popped out of bed. It was probably like 3 a.m. I popped out of bed and I instantly went to my computer and just started writing shit down. And then I started pulling inspiration from things like, uh, really the only thing at the time was fucking um, this dude, uh, God, what's his name? Damn, I can't even fucking remember right now. But he's in jail right now. <laughs> he had the dopest podcast. Uh, fuck. I can't remember. I can't believe I don't remember his name right now. I was fucked up. But anyway, he he went to jail for the Troy Ave shooting and shit. Mm -hmm. But um, it's fucked up. I don't I don't remember his name right now. But anyway, that's the whiskey. I started listening to that and uh, watching Nori's podcast and looking at Eric Andre's show mm -hmm. and all those things. You know, I liked them. I, I felt like that was already coming from me. Like that was already my style. So. You know, I hit my homies up, we talked, and boom, 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 we started shooting. And uh, everybody just kind of, you know, met it with open arms. All the artists have been happy to come through, and it's just been great, you know. Yeah, and this show, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, A, they should go listen to it right now. What's the website? It's SlimeWorld.com. Go watch it, not just listen to it. S-L-L-I-M-E World.com. SlimeWorld, Slime with two L's. So yep. go watch some episodes of the show at SlimeWorld, again, Slime with two L's. Go watch some episodes right now. But, like, if you haven't seen it, it has this incredible, like, low-budget <laughs> DIY, mm -hmm. like, you know, public access TV. It's like something, right. like a mix of, like, Wayne's World meets Adult Swim meets, right. like, Eric Andre. It's, it's so weird. Here's the thing. My guys, my my friend Jackson Duncan over at 119, mm -hmm. Chicago our based, style yeah. already was like that low budget type shit. So right. when we seen it being represented by other people, we were like, oh shit, we could do this. You know what I'm saying? Because we and it's, I really wanted to be a message to everybody. You know, inspiration again. Like we all, at least I know for me and my friends, we all have this like conception that misconception that like everything has to be 
expensive and you have to have big budget and shit has to be on point and look great and this this and that and it holds a lot of people off from being creative because you're like I don't have the resources to do this this and that like I want to right. so I wanted to say fuck that throw that out the window like do it with whatever you got create with, with what you friends. have yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like that shit at the end of the day people like that shit because it's like oh I could do that too or they're like you know it just it resonates more you feel me so yeah, no, I mean, 100%. I love that uh, that thought. Like, um, I say this a lot in this podcast. I teach an entrepreneurship class at Columbia College, and I tell my students that I'm like, look, you guys have access to smartphones. You can download, you know, Adobe right. apps. You can get, like, a free version of Pro you Tools. You probably got people that want a whole studio and this, 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 and that, but right. you got your computer. That's, you could do it with that. You can do so much. You and could it's do like, it with your phone. And, yeah, in a perfect world, we would all have access to the same stuff Drake does, but that's not, <laughs> that's not reality, you know what I mean? Right. Like. But if you let that hold you back, you know, I have done versions of this podcast where I'm recording the parts that it's just me, just like, you know, an intro or whatever. Right. I've done stuff like that on my phone underneath a heavy blanket. Right. And I feel stupid as hell doing it, but it's, you know, and this was you like years back do. before I had real equipment, but it got the job done. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So and I know for me personally that it held me back for years, you know, thinking it's something had to be a certain quality, or whether it was beats, raps, whatever, just... Thinking it had to be this certain quality held me back for years. So just like getting loose to that and just having fun is what I wanted to do. And I also wanted to uh, acknowledge artists that I felt like, you know, that inspire me day to day. I wanted to acknowledge them and give them a place to, you know, shout them out and give them their roses. You feel me? Because a lot of we all here. Right. But, you know, a lot of people don't get that praise until you make it out or make it big or whatever, whatever. They There's definitely it. a weird stigma of, like, kind of people don't always want to give props to other artists, artists or creatives shit, right. until someone like until Fader or Coachella does. Yeah. And then they all want to be, like, on Twitter, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my guy. Like Exactly. I and but, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do the opposite. Cause right. Because I feel like me, I've been in that pool of people, you know what I'm saying? I, I felt unnoticed at times. I felt... Whatever. I wish there was somebody that, you know what I'm saying, was like, yo. Like, we know, see shouted you. me out. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right, so yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm going to be that guy. And boom, I think this person's dope as fuck. I think that person's dope as fuck. I'm going to have them come through. Boom, boom, boom. And it's just, I've been amazed by how open people have been to it. You feel me? Like, you, the lineup you've had, just a few of the names you've had, um, and they're all Chicago artists. GLC. Yeah. Huge. Uh, you had Saba. That was Psalm huge. One. The yeah. Mind, Smino, Katie Got Fans. I mean, you've had, yep. how many, you've done about 15 episodes or so? Something like that, 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, and it's all been primarily, I think, Chicago Yeah, all Chicago talent. so and far. Really killer Chicago I got a couple out-of-state porn stars um, that are Come coming on. soon. Really, Living the dream. Some, some out-of-state porn stars, very big names. I love you know it. You know what I'm saying, that are coming in soon, you know. Respect. Tayana Trump, Tayana Trump. All you right. You know what I'm saying, stuff like that. I don't know. I don't want to say it too loud, but you know. <laughs> but doing the, uh, yeah, it's a secret between us. We're just talking into a microphone that's recording <laughs> a podcast. It's a podcast sure. for the whole world. Right. So when you're bringing somebody like a, a Saba or a Smina or, you know, Katie Got Bands or like these people who are in Chicago are your yeah. peers and your, I would imagine some of them are your friends and collaborators. Right. Like, how does that feel getting to talk to your peers, not just like one-on-one, -on -one, but like making a platform for that? Well, first of all, everybody that's been on my show, I'm a fan of. Yeah. So. Well, they're all incredible if, talents. Right. If I'm lucky enough to have been your peer prior to that, then that's just what it is. You know, for a Saba, a Smino, Saba, I've been watching him 
forever. Man, like, like his come up has been yeah, amazing. I've been watching him forever. If you've been in Chicago, you've been watching him forever. You yeah, know we've what all saying? seen. Like, yeah, everybody's seen that shit. Smino is a great new talent. You know what I'm saying? But I went on tour with him with Mick before I heard any of his music. Right. So I bonded with him on that again over weed and backwoods and shit. I bonded with him that way. So it's different for every person. Like most people that come on the show, I'm friends with. Like I, we have some kind of relationship with friends. They know me. I know them. It's people like um, Katie got bands. Mm-hmm. I didn't know her. I had never met her until she came on the show. GLC, I had met a couple times, but you know we're not friends. I wish we. Well, was. And he's kind of from like the previous <laughs> a couple creative classes back. I'm right. like all respect exactly. to GLC, man. He's like he kind Grammys of an elder statesman. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like GLC that's somebody got who's Grammys. He's not on the come up. He's right. He's been here. So that was like a that was a big stepping stone for me to do GLC. That was like I was gonna say when I saw that stamp. as somebody who books interviews with Chicago talent yeah. like a lot of when I was looking through, I'm like, all right, I've had Sa- not like a competition, but I was like, oh cool, I've had Saba, and then I saw GLC, <laughs> I was like. I, I, I should reach GLC. out to GLC. Yo, like GLC is one of the most knowledgeable, smartest I can't even imagine. fucking dudes ever. And he's really like, to me, a blueprint of what you should do, you know, in the industry. He don't always be in the spotlight and whoa, this and that. But he does work on the ground with people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He has a lot of different businesses that are all beneficial to people. Well, he's you know one of these saying? guys like Rhymefest who's just, he's been right. here. And he has been on the ground. Rhymefest, you might not always see him in the spotlight, but you can never say Rhymefest is not beneficial to the people. Like, Rhymefest is a positive force. No matter what Kim culture. Kardashian says, right. Rhymefest has Kim been Kardashian. doing the work. Hey, Rhymefest, you ain't got to say it. I'll say it for you. <laughs> Fuck Kim Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? I just think she chose the wrong fight in that for in that real. moment. I and, was like, I and was like, for anybody else, I got like six tapes dropping this year. You know what I'm saying? So if Kanye a genius, I am too. You know yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> and so, and Kylie Jenner holla at me, you know what I'm saying? Or whichever one of y'all that's of age. If if I thought <laughs> Kylie Jenner was listening to this podcast, man, <laughs> uh, she might be. You never know, man. Man, you never know. That'd be amazing. I Kylie went to Jenner college with Travis Scott DJ. He was on the same floor. You know what I'm saying? It's so, true. It's a small world. You never know. It's a small world. You know what I mean? So the show, it's this incredible DIY. It, right. Late night public access feeling right. thing. Uh, are you recording it out of your studio? Yeah, recording it out of uh, my friend Jackson studio uh, up north. He has like a, a video production studio, you know, green screen and all that shit. I was gonna say you got the chroma key. It's like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the backgrounds you see is literally like we used to smoke weed in Jackson's house in Jackson's basement all day in high school, and he took his walls from his bait from his like room. Cause he he bought all those albums that you see in the background on the show. I was gonna he say, like, he's got like the old college dropout poster. Yeah, those are all his. He bought all of those. So when we used to smoke at his crib, that that was what his fucking walls was in his bedroom and right. in the fucking living room and shit. So he just took all that shit and put it in the studio. You feel me? So that's like one backdrop, and then we got the green screen. So he done made a lot of shit happen for me. You know what I'm saying? It's a remarkable production, and like I said, it's really fun. It's very... Um, when I was watching it, I was like, this feels so different from what I do with this podcast, because I feel like my podcast is very, like... It's just a different energy, and I'm not remotely saying it's better, but it's just like... <laughs> what what I, what I admired about yours is, like, you guys look like you're having so much yeah. fun. You guys and are I smoking no weed, training, and, like... You feel me? I don't have any training. I'm just, like... It's less of, like, just, like, a straightforward one-on-one sit-down. It's like... Yeah. You guys are shooting all sorts of shit, and like people are walking around. It's it's a right. it's a party. It's kind of just like turn on the cameras and whatever happens happens. And I, right, you know I like that. And I've seen people give so many interviews. You know, 
from the other side. Like, if I go with Mick to an interview, he's pissed off. He's like, fuck, I got to go do this shit. Oh, and it's usually, like, boring. Right. You feel me? And they ask the same questions that they asked the last 10 interviews. So I wanted to make it different and just throw you a loop. You feel me? Like, I want to get you drunk. I want to get you high. <laughs> I want to just See ask what happens. Horrible, embarrassing things. And I want to... And you're going to say something. And at least make it fun. And right. I will say this. Something and I, I hear from Paris too bad, too bad. <laughs> no, but I'll say this: I, as somebody who interviews a lot of musicians and a lot of Chicago artists, it's like I'm always kind of stunned by how many times I'll hear from an artist afterwards, like, "Oh my God, thanks for doing your research." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" They're like, yeah. most of the time, I sit down with these interviews, they don't even know who I am, yeah. and I'm always like floored because it's not yeah, like man. I, I don't spend two days researching. I might spend like half an hour, an hour doing prep, but like. It's bad. It's amazing how much it sounds like other people are not even doing that. Dude, it's bad. It's, like, offensive to a point. And that's why a lot of artists that I know are pissed. Because you get... Me, when I... If it's somebody that I don't know, like, with Katie Got Bands and GLC, I looked at their other interviews. Right. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't ask the same questions. Right. Because I know how that shit is. That shit is, is fucking boring. And it's, like, sometimes artists are insulted. Like, damn, dude, like... You don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even... Well, even, like, when I reached out to you, because I, I couldn't find your email online when I reached out to you <laughs> on Twitter, I'm I'm so, like, even though I've done this for a million years, I'm always, like, there's a chance the other person's going to be like, no, I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah. So when I, when I put... Same, man. When I sent the tweet out to you, I was, like, saying a silent prayer. I'm like, please, like, I don't know who you are. Please <laughs> don't be like... Fuck you! Why are you tweeting me? <laughs> like yeah, in front right. of all of Chicago Twitter. I'm not even that. No, guy, no, no! You were so nice. You responded right away. Fucking my homie Jackson. Once again, I was on a plane. Right. So I landed and I got all these texts. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look at my text and Jackson, I think he's in here, but he was like, uh, he was like, dude, you gotta do this podcast. And I was like, what? Are you? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because <laughs> I just read my text and then right. so I go to Twitter before he responds and I see everything. I'm like, oh. Of course, like this looks cool. Boom. Well, I'm so I'm so thankful, man, because like I'm this, not an asshole. I'm just no, no, broke. no, and I I wouldn't assume that you are, <laughs> but again, like you just never know. You throw it out on Twitter in front of everybody, yeah. like you're really you're going to like it's kind of like asking a girl out in high school yeah. in front of all of your friends, right. and like you're like I've, there's a fifty percent chance. I understand. I've taken that shot a couple times right. online and got no response from people. Hey, come on my show. Nothing. You right. Know what I'm saying? So And then just like you look like you're the guy who's trying to high five somebody yeah. and the other person didn't see it, but everyone saw you with your arm up and you're like Right. Oh. Fucking sucks. <laughs> but fuck it. I feel like that's my brand. If it happens to me, it happens. Whatever. Yeah, man. But I dig the show. Um, are there new episodes on the way? Oh yeah. <laughs> We've got right now we have three episodes shot that are getting edited. I think the next episode Well, it's no point in saying. I don't know when this is coming out, but this will be up be next out. week. So, okay. like, right now we're in Lollapalooza week. So, this okay. is going to go up the week after Lollapalooza. So, as this is dropping, the Felix episode should be coming out as well. Okay. So, uh, if you don't know Felix, go check him out. He's super fucking talented. Um, and then we got a few more. Uh, Xavier Holiday, my friend Sage, the 64th Wonder. Yeah, we just had him on the podcast. Yeah, he's awesome. he's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to... He's A.K.A. Lunch. Yeah, lunch, lunch raps. He's mm-hmm. always changing his name. Right. So he's super creative. He's one of my favorite guys in Chicago. Just does him. You feel me? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, like I said, we got the porn stars coming through. I'm trying to branch out. I'm gonna branch out, but I don't really want to like give too much shine to rappers 
that's not from Chicago. You feel me? Like, if you're not from here... There's so much talent here. Yeah, like, you got to do something else. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you got to be a porn star, actor, some type of shit. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I, we got enough rappers in Chicago. I, I want to you don't need to outsource on my city because I feel like we're the best. I've been all over the world, man, and nobody has no shit like Chicago, and everybody recognizes that shit. It's true immediately, and are drawn to us. So I'd rather just keep pushing us out. You feel me? I love it, man. Uh, man, slime, aka green slime. Yeah, dude, this has been this has been a killer hey, fucking I'll podcast. Come back, you feel me? I could please, come back. It's please whatever, do. Man. We bring guests back. You I know. Like to talk. Uh, I got lots of stories. Clearly, like, uh, and again, like, I didn't know you before. I mean, I knew of your work. Right. But I didn't know you personally. We'd never met. We'd never talked before. And sometimes when I sit down with someone for the first time, it's fine. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like a normal <laughs> interview. But man, I feel like we could have gone for like two more hours, man. Oh, I just, yeah. I love it. Please, let's do more together. This let's was an absolute it. blast, man. And keep let's up the it. great work with everything. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate me. you. Thank I you. I guess I'm an interviewer. So interviewer to interviewer, you feel me? Journalist to journalist. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, keep up the good work. I appreciate it. You too. Boom. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.